Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Somebody left me a bag of fish. You want a fish? I'll share with you. I don't think you're getting that. You're only getting one. Look, they're the big ones too. It's always funny. I'll find different things from time to time. Sometimes golf balls, sometimes golf tees, fish. Today was the big fish. Not the little one, the big one. But just remember... It's fish, therefore it's healthy. Amen? <laughs> You're doing well. You look, you look blessed. I echo what Troy said, and I don't do that often. But, I, <laughs> but even in the first verse, man, to, to watch you bless each other with the Word of God. It might have been in song, but it was with the Word of God, speaking blessing over each other. What an incredibly beautiful and just awesome sight. And um, don't think what you, when you do that, it is something you do in vain because you're speaking the word of God. And how many of the word of God never comes back void? You are speaking the word of blessing over each other. And so, man, thank you for doing that. Well, today I want to speak to you. You know, again, it's hard to, it's hard to not as a pastor kind of direct some of our attention to everything that's going on in our world because I mean, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on in our world. I mean, my goodness, you watch the news and you kind of just like, okay, five minutes of that was enough. Then you get on social media and you say, okay, five minutes of that was enough. Um, and, and then, you know, just like, man, let me just check. I just want to check out for a little while. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And um, now there's this, this, all of the uncertainty that's in the air, all of the, you know, um, you got an election coming up, what's going to happen there, we got to... Things happening in the economy. We've got uh, the, the COVID thing. Some of you parents are trying to figure out, what do I do with school? You know, do I send my kids back? We know the masking thing that's going on. Some are thinking, I've got a child that has to do virtual. How am I going to do virtual? They're, I have to go to work. My husband has to go to work. My wife has to go to work. It's just a crazy time, isn't it? And, um, and, and I've watched, and I've been watching, just paying attention, and praying, and I really believe the Lord gave me a word for the body today to remind you, though, in the midst of it all, to remind you in the midst of all the chaos and uncertainty and all the stuff that's swirling, all the fear pandering that does go on, and all that stuff, to remind you who you are. And so that's the title of the message today, You Are an Overcomer. All right, let us not forget who we are in Christ Jesus. Uh, every one of you in here who know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are an overcomer, and I'm going to show you that this morning, speak about it for a little bit, because I believe, I believe this is very important in this hour. I believe it's so important, and I'll mention more of it later on in this message, but I believe it's incumbent upon us as parents to show our kids that we're overcomers. I believe it's incredibly important to show our grandkids, hey, we're overcomers. I believe our actions and our words need to be actions and words of an overcoming people. We don't need to, we don't need to create more doubt. We don't need to create more fear. We need to say, listen, by the power of Jesus Christ, we will overcome anything the devil throws at us. All right? And I think we need to come back to that premise. And so I'll give you a little story. And overcoming is by him. You know, I didn't tell this in the first service, and some of you know this story. 2007, uh, the love of my life was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, I'll never forget that ride home. We used to live about 30 minutes away at that point. Found out at the hospital, and it was a long 30 minutes driving home because you couldn't speak because you couldn't speak because there's a lump in your throat. Uh, you know, it's hard to speak when you got that apple there, you know. 
okay? Kind of like when I was trying to read earlier. And I remember, you know, and I remember, like, okay, we're facing adversity. Everybody in this room has faced adversity at one time or another. And I remember sitting down at my desk the following couple days, and I remember I, I drew a line on a piece of paper here, and I drew a line on a piece of paper here, and then I drew a line this way. I'm quite the artist, if you've ever seen. <laughs> I can't draw a stick figure, all right? And I drew these two lines, and this is the line I put, this is the beginning of adversity, and this line was, this is the end of adversity. This adversity will end one day. It will end with either my wife is healed, it'll end she could die, it'll end with Jesus coming back. Come on, how many know that'll end adversity, right? But someday this adversity will be done. And the question I had was, how am I going to allow it to impact my life from the beginning to the end? How am I going to allow it to impact my relationship with my God? Am I going to say, God, you didn't have my back. God, you failed me. How many of you have ever prayed, God, you failed? I know, we're Christians. You never pray that. David did. And you look at him and say, God, what, what, I'm doing this, this, and this, and this is what happens. And then I, the question was, how am I going to allow this to impact my relationship with my wife? I mean, no, adversity has a way of shipwrecking marriages. And how am I going to allow this to impact my relationship with my children? And my friends, in other words, when I get to this point where this adversity is over, am I going to look back and see all these calamities, all these, um, these uh, the, the collateral damage of my life? Or am I going to get here and all these things are still intact? And I'll say to you, I purposed in my heart that I would get to here and not have all those things. And yet, it is not my power that enables me to do that. It is him that lives within me that allows me to do that. And I really want to say to this body this morning that you would understand who you are. You're an overcomer. Adversity has hit your life in one form or another. But I promise you, your God will enable you to overcome that adversity. Okay? Uh, so I want to share this with you. So how, does it, how do I become an overcomer? Well, first of all, you're an overcomer by faith. You overcome by faith. There is no other way to overcome. In this world, when you're facing difficulty, how many know you better have a faith? And that faith is in where? Where is that faith? Is that faith in you? Is that faith in your faith? Is that faith in your good works? No. That faith is in Jesus Christ. Look what the Bible tells us. First John says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. But faith in what? Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Come on. This morning, you're here, I would think, because... You believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, some of you might be here because somebody made you come. I went through years of that. <laughs> My mother left the Catholic Church, came to this very church, and I'm like, oh, boy, she's that people are weird. You're still weird. Problem is, only thing is, I'm with you. All right, but, 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 but I remember, but, but the reason is, you're here today, and I believe that most of you are here because you really believe and you put your faith that Jesus is the Son of God. And my faith is in him, and your faith is in him. If your faith is anywhere else other than Jesus, I promise you, you won't overcome. All right? Now watch this. You overcome because he overcame. How many know our faith is in the one who came to earth in the form of a man? And what did he do when he was in the form of a man? Well, first of all, how many know he defeated sin? He did not sin. He was tempted, and yet he did not sin. Anyone here ever been tempted? Okay, some of you. In the first service, only one person put their hand up. They're much more spiritual than you. <laughs> they also lie a lot. 
Everybody in here has been tempted. And everybody in here has sinned. But Jesus was the one who came. And just listen to me. The, when he did not sin, he defeated our enemy. He defeated sin, right? And when he defeated sin, he went to the cross as the pure, spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that he defeated sin, and then he defeated death, and then when God raised him from the dead, he defeated the grave. How many know this morning, we have one we put our faith in who conquered sin, death, and the grave? All right, that's where our faith is this morning. It isn't nowhere else. It isn't in a building. It isn't in a church. It's not in a pastor, and everybody say amen. amen. Some of you are too, you were just too encouraging, all right? It's not in the pastor. It's not in some form of religion. It's not in a form of religion that denies the power of God. It's not in rules and regulations. It is in a person, and it's always in a person, and it's in Jesus, right? And when we wander from faith, we're not wandering from church. We're wandering from Jesus. A crisis of faith, a crisis of faith is when we stop believing in Jesus and what he does and what he means to us and what he's, you know, how many, how many know that you can have a crisis of faith if you believe God doesn't love you? You have a crisis of faith when you believe that God won't move in your life, won't work in your life. A crisis of faith is walking away from Jesus. But you overcome because he overcame. Remember what he told his disciples, John 16? He told them all the things that were gonna happen to them. He said this, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Let me stop there. We got a lot of unrest in the world. But you can have peace in the midst of unrest. And that peace is because you have it in him. You have peace that comes only from him. Jesus says, my peace I have, my peace I give you. Right? Listen to me this morning. I, I, you, you can have all hell break out in your life. And every demon of hell come at you and still have peace. I met a man who for three years didn't see his family. Three years didn't see his family. No wonder he had peace. No, never mind. <laughs> for three, just having a little fun. <laughs> You're talking about a guy who lives with his grandkids. I haven't seen peace in four years. <laughs> and I love it. Three years, didn't see his family. Why didn't he see his family? Because his family was kept captive in China. He was out. He couldn't get back in. They couldn't get out. They kept them separated. But yet this man, when you saw him, he had the joy of the Lord. He had the peace of the Lord. He was just glowing. Why? Because his peace wasn't in anything else but Jesus. I want to say to you this morning, you can have peace in this unrest hour because your peace isn't in the hour. Your peace is in the person, Jesus. All right? He said, but you can have, in the world... You will have tribulation. You will have trouble. You will have difficulty. You will have challenges. But take heart. Take courage. I've overcome the world. This world system, while it's still in play, and while it still operates, and while we still live in a world system, has been overcome by Jesus. It has been. It has been overcome. And how many know you live according to another world, not this world, even though you live in this world? Revelation reminds us, I read it to you this morning, and one of the elders, John, John has this revelation into heaven. And all of these, the, the God brought out the book with the scrolls, and nobody could unlock the scrolls. Abraham couldn't do it. Moses couldn't do it. All the great heroes of faith could not do it. And John began to weep. And the reason he began to weep is because unless somebody could open the scrolls, God's prophetic plan could never be unveiled for humanity. 
all of a sudden, one of the elders said, John, you stop weeping. Stop crying. Stop weeping. Look. Look, there he is. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has overcome to open the book and its seven seals. Do you understand that he has the one who has overcome sin, death, sickness, the grave, and he was the one who was able to open the scroll so that God could pour out his plan to bring redemption to his humanity. He's overcome. You see, and how does that impact my life? Well, understand something. You overcome now in the present because he overcame in the past. 2,000 years ago, he overcame. And because he overcame 2,000 years ago, how many of you know that means you overcome today? I'll show you why in a moment. All right? I understand something. Our confidence, Jesus says, take courage. Take confidence. Have faith. Because I've overcome the world. You overcome now. Watch this. Because he will overcome then. You see, the first one pointed to the past, what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. But this one is I overcome now because there's a day on the horizon, the Bible tells me, where the trumpet's going to sound and Jesus is coming back. And how many know when he comes back, how many know he's going to overcome this world once and for all? You see, the Bible tells me, the Bible tells me that the ruler of this age has been judged. But how many know he has not been sentenced yet? How many know he is not, been in, he is not serving time yet? I'll show you that in just a moment. All right? And there's going to come a day. So now... You have a confidence now in him and you overcome now because of what he did in the past and what you believe he's gonna do in the future. Now watch what happens. When you put your faith in Jesus, you become an overcomer. But watch what happens. You overcome because you have been overcome. What do I mean by that? The Bible says this, that when you put your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Right? How many know that Jesus promised his disciples that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, going to come over you, come overcome you? How many know? How many have ever been overcome by the Spirit of God? If you're a believer today, this is the Bible says the Spirit of God lives inside of you. The Spirit of God lives in you. In John 16, Jesus is telling all the things that are going to happen. And then he looks at his disciples and he says this to them. He said, I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask, where are you going? But because I've said these things, you have sorrow in your heart. But I tell you the truth, it's for your advantage I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin. How many know the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin? How many know you just lost a job? How many know we like doing that? And how many know it ain't our job? It's the Holy Spirit's job. He'll convict the world of sin, right? And, he'll, and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they don't believe in me. And he said, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and disclose to you what is to come. If there's ever an hour we need to be able to discern truth, it is this hour. Because what we have in this world now, there's a difference between narrative and truth. How many know that there's a narrative is a story to be told to bring about a certain aim? There is a narrative that political parties want to spin. There is a narrative that one party wants to spin, right party, left party, whichever one you want. Pick one, I don't care. There is a narrative they want to spin with an aim at the end. 
Sometimes it has truth, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's a piece of truth, sometimes it doesn't. But how many know you can have a narrative that is truth? And that is the narrative that comes from the Holy Spirit who leads you and guides you. And we must have the discerning of the Spirit in this hour. And I overcome, and you overcome, because now the Spirit of the living God lives inside of me. Look what John said. John said this. You are from God. How do I, what do you mean I'm from God? I've come from my mother. <laughs> right? I mean, know that you were born in a natural world from your mother. But then the day came where you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you were born anew from above. You were born out of this world into the kingdom of God. And now your lineage, your DNA is of God. Come on. Because the spirit of God lives inside of you. You are from God, children, and have overcome them. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The living God is inside of you. The spirit of the overcomer overcame you. So now you overcome. The spirit of God. How many of you actually converse with him? How many know you can? How many know you can hear from him? Hmm? You see, it's not an abstract theory. The person of Jesus lives inside of you through the Holy Spirit. The spirit of the overcomer is inside of you that empowers you and enables you to overcome whatever it is you face in this world. And how do I do that? Well, we talked about faith, okay? But now I got to put the rubber to the road, amen? So how do I do that? How do I overcome Evil, because I mean, our battle is against evil. It's not against flesh and blood. Can I get an amen? amen. I, uh, let's stop fighting the flesh and blood battle. It's against principalities, against authority. It's against the evil one, John says. All right, so how do I overcome? There is an evil agenda in the land. Okay, and there's been an evil agenda in the land long before there were two political parties. There's been an evil agenda in the land ever since Eden. All right. How many know there was an evil agenda in heaven when Lucifer was kicked out, right? And this evil agenda, we've always had a battle with evil and the evil one. So how do I overcome that? Because there are people today who are being used by evil. Well, you overcome with good. You overcome with good. Here's what Paul told the Romans. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. <laughs> in this age that we live, it's real easy to get caught up in the rhetoric. It's real easy to get caught up in the minutia of everything that's going on. It's real easy to get caught up in the political quagmire. It's real easy to get caught up in the COVID saga, mask or no mask. No. Some people like me, a mask is better. You only see my eyes. Listen, we get caught up in it. And, and it's amazing to me how some of us think we're more spiritual by not wearing a mask. And some people think they're more spiritual by wearing a mask. Can I tell you that mask means nothing about your spirituality? Just thought I'd throw that out there. And, and, I, and, I honestly, and I honestly say this with all my heart. I don't care. Wear one if you want to. Don't wear one if you want to. Don't care. Love you. Praise Jesus. You see, what's happening right now is we're getting sucked up into this evil vacuum 
that is causing us to choose sides in a material way, in a physical way. It is contaminating our hearts. It is contaminating our spirit. It is contaminating our mouth. It is contaminating our language. And we are being overcome by evil. That's why Randy forbids his wife to read the news. Uh, what's that? She was happier, I'm sure. She laughed so hard about what you said, she was still happy on Monday. <laughs> uh, but, but you hear what I'm saying? We're getting sucked into this vacuum where, listen to me, you're being overcome and I'm being overcome by evil, and now we're responding in the flesh, right? You see, there is a difference, whoops, there's a difference between an overcoming spirit and a spirit that has been overcome by the world. When your spirit has been overcome by the world, you will become negative, pessimistic, critical, mean, arrogant, angry. <laughs> I'm running out of words. Help me out. Let me throw something out. Bitter. Fearful. Hey, this is good. I won't have to preach. All of a sudden, be, we'll have every word in the, in, the, in the dictionary thrown out here in a moment. You become faithless. Your faith shrinks. You shrink left. You shrink left. You get, you get apathetic. There's all these things that happen because you are being overcome by the world. Right? And so, so Paul says, you overcome evil by good. Well, okay. So let me ask you a question. Do you have an overcoming spirit? The spirit of God lives in you. You should. Or do you have a spirit that's been overcome? And if you're not sure, go read your Facebook pages. Oh. Or Instagram or Twitter, okay? You see, an overcoming spirit operates from the culture and the value system of the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of this world. We, are, we get sucked into an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth Christianity. And Christianity and followers of Christ never do eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. Okay? A spirit that has been overcome operates from the kingdoms of this world. I need power, might, and dominance so that I can suppress that person. So Paul, in Romans 12, then he lists ways that we overcome evil with good. Let's take a look at some of them. Bless those who persecute you, and everybody say, ugh. <laughs> the last thing you want to do to somebody who's persecuting you is bless them. Can I get an Amen. Don't you just want to punch him? Now, okay, listen. And, and now Paul's writing, bless those who persecute you. How many know that is overcoming evil with good? That now I am speaking blessing. I am blessing you. Right? But that's not how we want to do it today. We want to come back at you. You mock me, I mock you. You insult me, I insult you. You mock my guy, I mock your guy. Right? Bless and do not curse. And we're not talking about those four-letter words. We're talking about literally cursing a person, wishing bad upon them, praying bad upon them, wanting their demise. I'm going to say something, and some of you aren't going to like it, but I have a fish, okay? If you don't like it, raise your hand, and I'll give you a fish. I didn't say it yet, brother. That is a deceiving spirit, brother. You, you now will not get any fish. Okay, listen, okay, listen to me, listen to me, just hear me. Followers of Jesus, 
nowhere have you been given license in the scripture to mock the Secretary of Health. I know what he is and she is, and I know it, but I have not been given a license as a blood-bought, born-again, child of God, citizen of the kingdom, to mock that person. Do I agree with her? No. Do I oppose such? Yes. But nowhere have I been given the right to curse. Nowhere have I been given the right to do what we've been doing. Not everybody. Wouldn't you love them? Okay, let's pray together. All right? I'm just saying to you, the spirit of Jesus is how we overcome. And, and, And then we rejoice with those who rejoice. And we weep with those who weep. This is an hour for the church to weep with those who weep. That we weep with injustice. We weep at things that are tearing our country apart. We weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. Because there's an empathy there. There is a compassion there. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty. Man, we're arrogant sometimes. Associate with the lowly. Don't be wise in your own estimation. I got a lot of opinions that have no facts to it. (laughs) I don't have a doctor behind my name or in front of my name. Right? Never pay back evil for evil to, what's it say? Anyone. But we like paying back evil for evil. Something about that feels good. Man, they did this to me. You should see what I did to them. Right? Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, if possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. All men may not be at peace with you, but you can be at peace with all men. I said this many, many times. Saul was David's enemy, but David never became Saul's enemy. Your enemy doesn't have to be your enemy. You can be at peace with all men, even when they aren't at peace with you. He said, never take your own revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. How many know God will have your back? The Bible says so. The Bible says that your integrity will lead you, your righteousness will lead you, and God will be your rear guard. Right? Vengeance is mine. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. I don't want to give him a drink. I don't want to give him a hunger. I hope he dies. None of you have ever thought that. David did. David prayed some jacked up prayers. Lord, kill him. Let his kids be killed. Let his generations be cut off. I mean, you're jacked up when you're praying that prayer. In so doing, you heap burning coals. You see, listen to me. This is an hour for the church to overcome evil. But we overcome evil with good. With good. You see, I got to tell you something this morning. Listen to me, mom and dad. Overcomers birth overcomers. And and I don't know. I, I, I said to somebody the other day, they said, what would you do if you had a child and you had to send them to school in this era? I said, I don't know. I think what I would do, I'm just telling you what I would do, and I respect anybody that's doing something different. I think what I would do is I probably would send my child and watch for negative feedback, watch for something that's, not, that's going wrong in the whole thing, and see what happens. But I'm not going to automatically dismiss them as they can't handle it and can't overcome anything throughout it because I'm going to raise up overcomers. All right? Now, that, that's not, you can have a difference of opinion and do a different thing. I'm okay with that. 
I'm just saying that even if you do something different, teach your kids how to be overcomers. Show them how to be overcomers, that they are overcomers and they will learn it best from you. I've watched a lot of Little League this year. Oh my goodness. Some of you parents are nuts. Just put it out there. Seven-year-old baseball is not the World Series. And your kid is not Babe Ruth yet. But listen to me. I, I watch it and I, and I see a lot of, like, like I just want to say, would you lose your mind? Those kids in the field will never be calmer than the coaches in the dugout. Those kids in the field will reflect who the coaches are eventually. Your kids will be a reflection of who you are, and you're an overcomer, and you raise up overcomers. If you speak like an overcomer, your children will become overcomers. If you act like an overcomer, your children will become overcomers. We need to produce kids that stand upon the Word of God with the Spirit of God inside of them that says, I'll overcome. They threw us 90 different things at the beginning of this COVID era as a church. We had a plan for every one of them. We will adapt and we will overcome. But the option of doing nothing is not an option. You want us to be at 250, we'll go two services. You want to go 50, I'd 50. We had a 50 plan. We'll put that into place. Then you went to 10. Now you're challenging me. But we're going to put a 10-person plan in place. And we had it in place. And before we could launch that, they said, now you've got to stay home. Said, so you want to bet we're going to the parking lot. Understand what I'm just saying? We're going to adapt and overcome. And, it, and, and it's not, it was nothing, it had nothing to do with trying to be defiant to our government. It had to be, we're the people of God, we're going to get together, we're going to worship our God, and Satan, you be quiet. I'm just telling you. Because we needed to put the saints together, even if they were in cars in their parking lot. Overcomers know who they're overcoming. You've got to know who your enemy is if you're going to overcome your enemy. And our enemy is Satan. The enemy is not flesh and blood. It's not the governor. It's not the person of health. I don't agree with them. Let me put that out. I don't agree with them. But they're not my enemy. The president isn't my enemy. Whoever's going to be president is not my enemy. Chuck's not. Nancy's not. Just telling you, they're not my enemy. The enemy is the evil one. John said this. I've written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you're strong. And let me say to you this morning, to young men in this house, you are strong. But your strength lies in the word of God. Your strength, young man, will always abide from the word of God. You are strong if the word abides in you. Because there's one thing he cannot steal is the word of God. And the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Our battle is not flesh and blood. It is against one who came to kill, steal, and destroy. It is the one who came seeking whom he may devour. It is the one who had an evil agenda from heaven when he got kicked out. It is the one who had an evil agenda in the Garden of Eden, who he was in the Garden of Eden, and he had an evil agenda there. He is the one who has an evil agenda against the sons of Israel as we follow them through the Old Testament. He is the one who had an evil agenda against Jesus as he walked this earth. He is the evil one. That is who our battle is against. And the moment you make it personal with a person, you're going to be defeated by the one you can't see. You see, because in the world right now is at work an antichrist spirit. But an antichrist spirit cannot be resisted with an antichrist spirit. 
Understand, there is a spirit in the world that is not Jesus. And that spirit of this world is waging war and raging. Okay? And it does not. And John says that an antichrist are those who do not profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And there is this spirit at work in the world that does not honor God, that is, quote, antichrist. But yet, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. We, the church, cannot fight the antichrist spirit with an antichrist spirit. When we face an antichrist spirit, we must do it with Christ. When we give good for evil, we are operating against an antichrist spirit with the spirit of Christ. And I promise you, it will bring a far better result than the other way around. Right? The Christians now, we are caught up in a battle with an antichrist spirit by attempting to resist it with an antichrist spirit. And the moment you make your politics higher than the kingdom of God and who you are as a believer in Christ, you're operating by an antichrist spirit because all, the, all of the political parties are antichrist at nature because they derive their power from the kingdoms of this world. Do not, for a moment, think one party is righteous and one is not. Now, you might find some things in it over here you like a whole lot better, unlike me. But do not make the mistake of thinking that one is godly and one isn't. Because the moment you do that, you will miss it. You see, we've got to get out of this antichrist spirit where we're responding evil for evil, mocking for mocking, insulting for insulting, anger for anger, rage for rage, bitterness for bitterness, because the spirit of the living God lives in us, and now we're going to return good for evil. Why? Because it's about Jesus. It's about showing Jesus. It's about showing the kingdom of God of which we are citizens of. Right? If it's absent of Jesus, it's antichrist. Well, it's quiet in here. Anybody want to fish? No, I'm still, not, I'm still not rewarding that lying spirit. Have a fish. You tried to intercept it. <laughs> Listen to me. If your attitude is absent of Jesus, it's anti-Christ. If your actions are anti-Jesus, it's anti-Christ. Thank you. All right, watch. I had, to dem I had to demonstrate what it was to overcome evil with good. <laughs> ask yourself this question. Just ask yourself, have, has my attitude, actions, words, thoughts, have they been Jesus? And if you can say no, then I say stop operating by an antichrist spirit. You see, come on, Troy, let's give him some hope. I'm going to throw something at him. It ain't going to be fish. <laughs> Listen, but here's the thing I want you, I'm going to close with. Understand who you are. You are an overcomer. Yeah. And you're an overcomer because of your faith in Jesus. You're an overcomer because, because the spirit of Jesus lives inside of you. 
You're an overcomer because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're an overcomer. And, and because you're an overcomer, now you return and you overcome evil by good. But when you overcome, there are promises promised to you. Let me, let me read you some scriptures. You know, when you look into the churches of Revelation, the seven churches of Revelation, you see Jesus coming and he's speaking to these churches. These were churches that were battling apathy. I got to tell you, one of my great concerns of the whole COVID era is when people disconnect from the church, it could lead to a spirit of apathy among Christians. Because once you disconnect, sometimes it's harder to connect again. There was apostasy in these churches. Pagan worship. There was persecution coming against them in these churches. There was evil. There was false teaching. There were spirits. All these things were happening in these churches. And he would come and he would commend these churches and he would bring something against them all except one. But then he gave him a promise. To each one he gave a promise. He says this. Here, let's look at some of this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Do, do you know? Do you remember what happened in Genesis? In Genesis, all of creation... He said to them, look here, everything is yours. Eat from the tree of life and live. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil don't eat from. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Some Satan comes, temptation comes, overwhelms them. They're overcome by evil. They sin. They eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What does God say? God then says, now I cannot let him. Man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Therefore, I cannot live, allow him to live forever. I cannot allow him to also reach out and eat from the tree of life. Can you imagine if sinful man could live forever? Imagine that Hitler could live forever. But now, as he says, to those who overcome, you can eat from that tree of life that I banned. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. How many know you're not going to ever die again? How many know you're going to be raised? You know, your, your, your mortal body is going to be raised with power. It's going to be raised, raised in strength. Hmm? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna. Hmm. And I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. I wonder what God's name for you is going to be. Like, it, it, it's almost like it's implying a name that's only shared between you and he. How many know the level of intimacy between spouses that they only share that nobody else hears? He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I'm going to give authority over the nations. Do you know believers one day are going to have authority over nations? Looking at this crowd, that's really scary. <laughs> I'm just having fun. Don't mind me. But think about it. We're given authority. You don't give authority to somebody who can't overcome. You don't give authority to somebody who folds like a house of cards. Come on. You're believers. You got the Spirit of God in you. You're an overcomer. He who overcomes will be clothed in white garments, a robe of righteousness. And I will not erase his name from the book of life. How many know we all got our book, name in the book of life? 
But he says, I'm not going to erase it. And I'm going to confess his name before my father. That Jesus is literally going to stand before the father and he's going to say, yes, Jim Balzano, that's one of mine. And, he, and, and he's going to confess your name. And he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of God. You want a pillar in a temple. You want it to be strong. And you don't want it to be overcome. Come on. And he will not go out from it anymore. And I will not. And, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of my city, the city of my God. The new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. God's going to write his name on me. God's going to write his name on you. Possession of Yahweh. Possession of Jesus. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He's seated on that throne of glory. We know that Ephesians tells us we are blessed with him and we are seated with him in high places, but there's going to come a day that's really going to manifest itself. And we sit together with him. What am I saying to you this morning? I got one word to you this morning. You may be facing all the uncertainties of this world and everything might be upside down and topsy-turvy and there's inside, out, left, right, all the stuff that's happening. You are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. You see, and, 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 and I got one last thing to say. You are an overcomer. Act like it. Come on, act like overcomers. Speak words of faith. That doesn't deny reality. You can speak words of faith without denying reality. Yes, we are facing trying times. But let me tell you what my Bible says. Yes, this is happening. Yes, that's happening. But my Bible says this. And Jesus says this. And yes, that person mocked me. And yes, that person ridiculed me. But I'm going to love them. And I'm going to bless them. And I'm going to be good to them. I'm going to show goodness. And I'm not going to jump into this fray. And I'm not going to give a... a, 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 a uh, to eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I'm not going to do that. That's not the kingdom I'm about. That's not who I am. I'm an overcomer. You are an overcomer. Your children are overcomers. Your children's children will be overcomers. Come on, church. We got more reason to hope than most. Look, Troy, I'm almost done. It's eight seconds left. I got a song I asked for to sing this morning. And, and I wanted you to sing it with me as a declaration of who he made you to be, of who you are. Some of you today don't feel like overcomers. Don't know, it doesn't matter. Some days I don't feel like a very good pastor. Some days I don't feel like a very good father. Some days I don't feel like a very good grandfather. But guess what? Even on those days, I still am pastor. I still am father. And I still am grandfather. And this day, you still are an overcomer. I want, you to, I, I want you to see yourself because I want you to raise up overcomers. So Father, help us, God. Your spirit lives inside of us. You said your son overcame the world. Our faith in him enables us to be overcomers. Your spirit lives inside of me and I'm an overcomer. Your spirit enables me to return good for evil. 
And I know there's these promises that await us who overcome. So help us live in this hour as that. Come on, sing this song with me. Troy. You know, I, I don't like to... <laughs> it's funny. I'll say this, and you say, well, how do you do what you do? I, I don't really like to draw attention to myself. I don't like really being the center of attention. And yet, I do what I do. Because of what God called me to do. But I want to, I, I, I will share this because there's people in the room that need to hear this. Or as we got somebody on last year. I drew that line on a piece of paper in 2007. My wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Overcame it. She's cancer free. But little did I know in 2007 I would draw that same line again. I know that I would do that same line again six years later when they found my boy's body in a river. Another adversity. And it was evil. It's not God that does it. And that same line and that same questions. How am I going to allow this to impact my relationship with my God? spouse. These things can shipwreck stuff. My daughter, my granddaughter, my friends and my church, my family. I don't want to get there, God. I don't want to get to the end of this, and I don't want to have a mess. Help me. You see, there's the things you overcome in the past and that there is the overcoming in the present. An ongoing overcoming. You, you see, because when you lose the one you love, whether it's a, a husband, a wife, a daughter, a child, whatever it might be, we lost our son. It's not something that you turn around and say, well, that adversity has ended. No, it's something you battle every day of the week. But my Bible tells me he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's the one that binds the brokenhearted. He's the one that comforts those who mourn. He's the one who says, I'll give you joy that'll be your strength. You, you, you see, it's an ongoing overcoming because of the abiding presence of Jesus Christ. And I say to you today that many of you in this room, you are having to overcome on a daily basis, but it is not your strength. It is the strength of your God. It is the grace of your God. It is the compassion of your God. It is the love of your God. He says, I will carry you. I will bind you up. I will comfort you. I will give you strength. You will have joy, and it won't be from your own resources. It'll be from me, and you will overcome. And you will overcome today, and you will overcome tomorrow, and you will overcome the next day and the next day. And one day, and one day, my child, this, 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 this stuff will end. This adversity will end. I will call you to come home or I will come back. But in this hour, you will overcome because of what I do inside of you.
That's how you're overcoming. On a day-to-day basis. On a day-to-day basis. It's not a one-time deal for you. You've been dealt a hand that you can set the ongoing day after day, day after day. Sorrow comes, joy comes. Sorrow comes, joy comes. You have sorrow because you remember the sun. But then all of a sudden you have this joy that comes from somewhere and you don't know where it comes from. I tell you it comes from the living God. All of a sudden you have a moment of hopelessness. Now you got hope from the spirit of the living God who abides inside of you. You will mourn, but you will be comforted. Draw that line on the paper. It's like drawing a line in the sand. 